In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. Hello. Hello. Welcome in to In the Lab. I'm Drew Doherty, and that's my good pal, John Harris. We're so excited that you're with us, coming to you from our offices. Where are you, dude? I'm in the, uh, like, we're renovating the stadium offices, so I'm at the other. Where are you? Are you at home? I mean, that's a valid question. That's a valid question these days. Where are you? Um, No, I'm actually down in the ditch. Okay, so so you're at the stadium. Yeah, I'm at the stadium. So that's, that's kind of the weird thing now is that we're doing renovations, so... Our offices have moved, but since I was tier two, I've been down here in the digital studio forever. Um, and so the digital studio is always conducive. So I do it from the crib sometimes. So it's just it's a hot spot. So it's actually a valid question to ask, where are you? So yeah, I'm yes. down in the ditch. Well, good. I'm glad you're with us, wherever you are. Uh, two things we're going to do today. We're going to get a breakdown of a prospect that who he could be available at three overall when the Texans are picking if they stay at three. And then the second part of the the, uh, the podcast today is mainly our tidbit that we liked the most from yesterday's availability with some of the assistant coaches. We saw some new faces. We saw some faces that have been around since 2018 in the case of Danny Barrett's. But, yeah. you know, it was about an hour, an hour and a half worth of talk from assistant coaches. And it was pretty informative, pretty fun to hear. And those guys are all jazzed to coach for and under Lovey Smith. But we begin with Aiden Hutchinson. A lot of folks have him as the very best player in this draft, the number one overall prospect. I, uh, as an exercise, and I would recommend this to anyone who wants to learn more about uh, the draft process and the draft prospects this year, I'd A, make sure you check out the Harris 100 that John does when it's coming out. But B, I'd go to places like pff.com, thedraftnetwork.com, and do their mock draft simulations. They're very fun exercises. I've gotten in the habit of about once a week sending one, one that I do to John and saying, hey, look who the 2022 Texans got. Because the one today got some defensive line help, got a playmaker at wide receiver, got a playmaker in the defensive backfield. It was pretty fun. But tell me about Aiden Hutchinson, John Harris. What do you think? There's so much to like about Aiden. It's funny. I, I read an article today by Shell Capeta, who writes for The Athletic. He says 10 things your organization should not do this offseason. And I think it was number two or number three was don't fall in love with anybody, which is really good advice. And it's funny because over the years, I, this was probably about four or five years ago, Mike Meltzer and Seth Payne were doing morning radio and I was driving into the stadium. and the two of them actually had a discussion going back and forth about me being the GM of the team. And I'm just like, Oh my God, I almost drove off the road, but they made some valid points. And then Mike said, this is the one thing I would worry about is that John does fall in love with prospects. And that is very true. And Hutchinson is one of those guys. And it's hard not to, I know I'm, I'm not alone there. And when I say that, I really, really think Aiden Hutchinson is following in the footsteps of guys like Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, Guys that can just wreck a game off the edge. He is incredibly athletic for a guy that's 6'5", 6'6", 270, 275. Uh, I mean, you see him and you're you're like, whoa, is he 250? And then you don't know. He's 270. <laughs> He's legit size. He is legit athletically twitchy off the edge. He is violent with his hands. 
he's what you want a 4-3 defensive end to be. But if a team that drafts him runs a 3-4 and they want to stand him up as an outside linebacker and do some of those things, I think he would be just as effective in those particular schemes. I, in 2020, and you know I do this, Drew, it's about this time where I start looking forward to the, not the coming draft, the following draft. Right. So I'm about a week away from really diving into 2023. I actually keep two databases, one the current one and one coming up. So I was doing that for 2020. This is a couple of years ago. And I'm watching and it's Quiddy Pay and it's Aiden Hutchinson. And I'm watching them both and I can't, man, wow. I'm really like torn on which guy I think is better, which guy is more athletic. And then Quiddy Pay goes in the draft and you see all the things he did at his pro day and you're like, yo, that dude's athletic. Well, if that dude's athletic, then that means Hutchinson is, oh my God, he is that good. <laughs> and it was just that Hutchinson had an injury in 2020, came back, I think obviously did the right thing in coming back because he had that year. He, he had that year that got everybody's attention. He took his game to a different level. His hands are tremendous. Um, he plays at one of the great universities in the country in the University of Michigan. Um, so from that perspective, I think Aiden Hutchinson would be an absolutely fantastic selection at number three if it happens. And when you sent me your mock draft and he was at the top, I said, done. I like the rest of the guys, but getting Hutchinson, teaming in with a guy like John Grenard, uh, those are your two edge guys. Um, I think you could do way, way, way worse than that. I still see him going past two. I, I mean, I guess stranger things happen, but I don't, I don't see that happen. I know maybe he's not the first guy, but I don't, I don't see two teams passing him up. Here's what we need. Here's what we need, Drew. We need for the Lions. Brad Holmes, GM of the Lions, when he was down in Mobile, he did an interview, I think it was Tom Pelissaro, while it was raining during practice. He said, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we'll move. Yeah, come on. So what we need is for some team to fall in love with a player not named Aiden, to fall in love with a quarterback, potentially, and want to move with Detroit, thinking the Texans might take a quarterback and get in front of the Texans. And then that drops Hutchinson to number three and then pounce and away you go. That's, huh. that's kind of my hope. But if Detroit doesn't do that, Detroit's sitting at two. I mean, young man was born in Michigan, played at Michigan. The Lions need edge help. It makes all kinds of sense in the world for Hutchinson to go to Detroit at number two if the Jags don't do it at number one. Yeah. All right. Turning the page to the assistant coaches, the staff was announced and that came out on Monday and then yesterday, Tuesday. A lot of them met with the media, and it was pretty fun hearing them talk. They, to a man, were all pumped to work for Lovey Smith, like I mentioned earlier. And we heard some pretty interesting things. I'm writing a little article about uh, George Warhop and Danny Barrett and the running game and what they want this year. And hopefully things change and you get a, a better production there. Yards per carry is the big, big deal for Warhop. I was really impressed with all these guys, but especially – Jacques Cesar, he's going to be coaching the defensive line, coming to the Texans from the Bills. And he's a good, close, personal friend. He says, like a brother, with Travis Johnson, who is a character and a half. He was, of course, a Houston <laughs> Texan. He's one of our yeah. favorites to talk with and see. And it's fun to hear from him. But Jacques is very, very excited. He's very animated, very passionate, clearly. And this is a guy who has... He's overcome a lot. You know, he was not drafted and he forged a pretty nice career as a defensive lineman in the NFL. He started his coaching career now and he's been doing some nice things. I'm pretty excited to see what he does. He was kind of one of those guys that sort of, I think was the, the shining star of the press conferences yesterday. 
you and Mark Vandermeer got, got a chance to do some radio with a handful of those coaches as well. Got some quality time with them, but who stood out to you the most? What was it, the tidbit that kind of pricked your ears up the most, got your antennae going the most? What, what was it for you yesterday? Well, I think it was probably those last two guys you mentioned, George Warhop and, and Jacques Chazaire. I Chazaire, I know I'm saying that wrong. Sorry, coach. I, like I told him yesterday, I said, I'm going to screw it up to play coach. And he was like, I'm fine with that. And that's the thing, from a player to a coach, it's a pretty interesting transition. Um, and obviously, it was a pretty good talking point for a few weeks around here for a number of different reasons. But in talking to, to George Warhop, offensive line coach, I asked him, and I said, Coach, I know we got tons of listeners out there that will ask the same question. As soon as the offensive line coach walks in the room, what are you going to do to fix the running game? Of course, he's asked about it, and he says to us one word. He says consistency. And I think, okay, that makes sense because there were times when running backs would make the wrong cut when the blocking was right. When the blocking would be wrong, the running back would make the right cut. And then there were very few times when we started to see at the end of the year where the blocking and the key reads, the running backs vision all lined up and we started running the ball a little bit better. But talking to him, he says consistency, but then he went further into that and he really kind of was very particular with the details of things as he went forward with us talking about the things. And you could tell it was almost like he was talking to his offensive lineman, like his offensive lineman asked him that question, like, coach, how are we going to be better in the run game? What are we going to do? Because he was very detailed from a football perspective about what they need to do, what they're going to have to do. And I thought it was just interesting to hear that. And of course, as a football head, I was just, I was soaking it up. Like, yeah, yeah. And like, I, I just, I, I love that. Now, talking about it, teaching it, executing it, three different things. Right. But at least it felt like there was a really solid instructor sitting next to us, very stern in his beliefs about how he feels a running game should uh, should execute and then of course me being the draft head that I am the one thing that I brought up with him was you know coach we hear a lot about guard versus tackle and these guys that come out and you know this guy's a guard or no no he's a tackle and well he could play both and all that he went to a really detailed description about what they're looking for at those particular positions and hmm. it helped me in some sense to go okay well I got a feeling this guy's probably not a guy we're going to look at in a draft. Or this guy we might not be looking at in, a, in the draft for that reason. But then again, as Nick Casario said a million times, when he makes that call, he's calling somebody that isn't uh, long-armed or isn't fast. or He's a good football player, and he's going to fit for the Texans. That's what Nick Casario said he's going to be looking for. But just to hear kind of the, the, the parameters and the yeah. size and the, the arm length of things, that was pretty interesting for George Warhop. Love it. All right. Well, next time we do this, we're going to be in Indianapolis. I'm going to try to shoehorn about 15 minutes out of you at the combine. Cause we'll be there starting Monday night. You'll get back Friday. We'll get back Thursday, but can't wait. I love going to Indy. I was sad to have missed it last year because of the yeah. pandemic, but we'll be back. It's going to be awesome. You jacked. I'm so excited, man. I, I love going to Indy. I love going to Indy when we win. That that helps. Yeah. Um, that helps. And we have done that in a few years. But it is fun. It's fun to go up there, get our group together, and and then, you know, congregate with all the other teams. You know, we know a lot of people from those other teams. So it's a it's always a fun week for us. But then of course, hopefully spitting out some great content as well. So we'll be doing that while we're up there as well. No doubt. All right, John Harris, thank you so much. This has been in the lab.